Hi, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 141. So quick update on the GoFundMe that we've got going for the advanced course. Thank you so much to everyone that's donated. We've had a surprising amount of donations. We're already approaching about 20% of our 50,000 goal. Uh, so that's fantastic. And one thing I want to point out before I uh, read out the people that have donated here is just that um, this is a more long-term thing. This is a, we're gonna be running this, running this for the entire year, the rest of the year at least. So, um, or, at least, or until we reach our goal. Uh, so there's, there's no rush. It's not that like we have like until next month or next week in order to reach our goal. Uh, so give what you can. Uh, if you're on the course and you wanna see the advanced course, or if you just like us, and you wanna help us out, um, it would really be great because we can then focus our efforts on, on this course. As Phil pointed out last week, the reason we're doing this is because it's, it's tough to justify the advanced course because it's for a relatively small group of people, a small group of people that are some of our most dedicated members and supporters, which is why it's really, you know, it's really important to us that we get it done. But at the same time, we've got a, we've got a business to run and we've got to focus on getting in new customers and you know the deal. So uh, this donations, this, this GoFundMe is just a way of basically justifying spending spending the time on it as opposed to focusing on new business so um thank you very much to well let's just start from the beginning we've had a bunch of uh donates and donations from gofundme thank you Raina, uh santino banks susan kevin uh kevin lee susan bridges lynn keel uh, gave a hundred dollars thank you very much chad wrestler uh rudolf krampansky uh, Krampaski, sorry, uh, Daniel S. Curtis, uh, Marek K uh, Kaspersky, uh, Daniel Leo Simpson uh, also gave $100, Tevin, uh, Tevin Gov, Joanna Pajak, Raymond Jen gave $100, Christian Mosgard, um, Sabrina Sutherland, uh, another $100 from her, thank you very much, Sabrina, uh, John Barry Whitaker. Uh, Darcy Mallon gave a thousand dollars to us and uh, she left a very lovely a lot of people left great comments but her thinking was the amount of money this course is saving her on university so if she was learning Chinese at university she'd be spending a lot more than a thousand dollars and not getting as many as much results uh, in, in return so I really appreciate that Darcy. Leticia uh, Velasquez Give it 25 um, and Julian Laffey give 150 thank you Julian you've been with us for a long time uh, another 100 from Lucas uh, Riga I believe uh, Anne Giles give 500 thank you so much uh, William Beeman or Bill uh, uh, Anne and Bill are both professors who have been uh, staunch fans of ours and uh, really you know say, say a lot of nice comments and ask a lot of very solid good questions as well on the course which really uh, help people out. Uh, Will, uh, Bill gave three hundred, and Richard Krauss gave another thousand dollars. Thank you so much for that. Um, Sinisha uh, Stepanovic, he's actually our video editor. He also gave one. Uh, thank you very much, Sinisha. Uh, Jose Moreno, uh, Tim Amos, uh, Matthew Schubert gave a hundred. John Nomura gave it a couple of hundred. Thank you very much, John. Uh, David Garcia, Sandra Ricciuti, uh, she gave it. She gave us money, and I have mispronounced her name probably in return. 
Uh, and finally, for the GoFundMe, Darren Grisdale gave uh, $500. So the reason why a lot of people are giving $500, thank you so much for that, is because we this is just want to reiterate this. We give, uh, anyone that gives 500 or more, we'll just give you the advanced course for free when it does come out, uh, when it's ready to go. Um, so, you know, that's, it's essentially pre-ordering. <laughs> you can see it is that way if you like. It's not purely based on goodwill. Uh, you would also get that course for free. And anyone that does give 500, as well as, of course, our lifetime members, um, they will also get access to the course as and when we finish levels. So we're going to be, as with the intermediate course, we're going to be completing the course level by level and building it out that way. And so as soon as the level is complete, we'll publish it and you'll be the first to know. Uh, so you'll be able to get ahead of the game uh, in that way. And we also had, uh, it's difficult, it's, I'll be honest, it's a bit more difficult with PayPal because they don't, it's not clear uh, what the payments are for. But there's a lot, there's a few that I can definitely tell are, because uh, some are, some left notes, for example. There's a few that are, uh, are basically saying, are basically clearly donations. So I'll read out the ones that are clear to me. I apologize if I miss any, any it's just a bit more difficult to tell, as, as I said. So um, first one here is uh, from uh, Abigail. Uh, Abigail Brunacci, she gave $50. Thank you so much. Um, another one here from uh, Alex Dimash, um, who also left a little comment here. Uh, he's a long way from reading native materials, but here's hoping they're ready when I get there. Thank you for creating such an amazing resource, no matter the outcome of this new campaign. Um, and he gave $500 as well. Thank you so much, Alice. Alex. Alex. <laughs> Uh, and the, a huge one from James Limacha. I'm sorry if I'm saying saying that wrong. He says, said, bravo for this work. And he gave $1,000 as well. Um, thank you so much for that, uh, James. Rebecca Bedford gave another 50. She says, thanks for all the hard work. I will try to send what I can each week to help with the advanced course. We all appreciate you, Lynn. Thank you so much, Lynn. Um, please, again, just, re just re a reminder. Phil already mentioned this last week, and we mentioned it in the... Uh, when we announce this in the, by emails, or well, please do not give anything that hurts. Do not give anything that's like, oh, well, I have to choose between my, I don't know, <laughs> I have to buy a cheaper version of some food this week <laughs> and then give to, no, 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 we don't want that, any of that, okay? So any, if, if uh, whether, you know, whether it's any amount of money is appreciated, of course, but do not give anything if uh, any way affects your life, you know, disposable income only, please. Um, uh, what have we got here? We've got, I think we've got another couple come in um, over the last week here. Uh, John Gris gave uh, another 50. Thank you, John. Uh, James Belschner, thank you for that. Um, I hope this helps you guys some that you're able to focus and get the advanced course out and uh, uh, out looking the way you want this year or early next year. It's not much, but every bit helps, right? Yes, it does. Yes, it does, James. Thank you. Um, got another one here from A, just A Cox. Um, I says, I'm not, I've not done much of the work yet, but what I've seen is truly extraordinary. Great work. <laughs> uh, and the last couple ones here, Dawn Shannon Williams, another, another uh, person that's been with us for a long time. So thank you. Thank you, Dawn. And that's it. 
So that's that's for this week. Again, uh, thanks for those donations and please uh, give what you can. There's a link below uh, and that will really help us out on the way to creating that uh, extra advanced course. And it's going to be great, you know, it's going to be once we've got that finished, it's kind of what's well, been our goal since we started. I mean, technically, we started the online version of this business, you know, about two years ago, two and a half years ago. Uh, but, you know, we've been working on this for way over five years now, Phil and I. And our dream for a long time has been to make Mandarin Blueprint the only thing you'll need. So someone that's basically at zero level, there's no Chinese, they can just jump into Mandarin Blueprint. They need no other materials. And they'll be able to come out the other side finishing, being able to not only read native materials, but pass the highest level of the new HSK. Uh, we're making the advanced course, of course, based on the new HSK. So, and we're actually splitting up the advanced course now into upper, intermediate and advanced uh, for various reasons. It's going to be a lot better, but of course, we'll be still releasing them at the same time, you know. So I think that's about it. Uh, let's move on to today's uh, questions and comments and emails. And the first one is from Lynn Ford. And she says, and this is based on a, a, a lesson where we give a long form piece of content uh, that you're supposed to read and listen to and shadow. And Lynn says, question, I know everyone's learning speed is different, but I feel a bit behind. I was able to read all of this and understand it all, but I am very slow. And even at 80%, we, we give two speeds, 80 and 100%. She says, even at 80% speed, I have no hope of shadowing this. I have been able to do it on dual Chinese newbie stories at 50%, but I struggle to keep up, even going that slow. I will still pause and read like I'm in first grade, reading each word slowly and thinking as I read. I understand this will come quicker as I progress and practice more. However, I just want to check in that this is normal <laughs> to still be very slow at this stage, now being in phase four. Yeah, phase four is where you just start seeing long form content. I'm not completely familiar with your your backstory when it comes to learning Chinese. If you had some background before you joined us, Lynn, I honestly don't know. But even if you did have some sort of foundation, um, being able to go from a low level to not being able to read and write and, and understand Chinese and speak Chinese to being able to follow along and read entire stories, that's a huge breakthrough. Um, but what we often touch on this, it's like a human thing. Um, is as soon as you make an achievement, you you just you either compare yourself to other people, or maybe you're just that that kind of person where you're just like, okay, I've now achieved that goal. Next goal, I can read Chinese. Now I want to be able to shadow along with native audio really well and at, at a decent speed, and I want to be able to do that. Why can't I do that? Oh, I'm rubbish. <laughs> so it's it, it's a shame, but that's also why we achieve such great things, right? And why you're achieving such great things because you have that in in there somewhere. So it's a double-edged sword. Um, but I, the only thing I can I ever say in this situation is you will be able to uh, after practice. Uh, so you obviously you've obviously put a lot of time in, a lot of practice and you're not getting the results you want, but what that is usually a sign of, if you're using the correct methods, of course, which is our methods, um, that's usually a sign that you're about to have some sort of breakthrough, so you just need to push through that. That's that's usually what the case is. Um, after another couple of weeks of this, if you're doing it every day and you're spending at least, say, 20 minutes a day shadowing, and you're still finding yourself unable to keep up at all, 
and it's been like a couple of weeks of doing it solid, then let, let me know and send, maybe send a screen share of yourself doing it, recording. Um, but I don't think personally that it's gonna be that situation. I think if you just keep doing it, uh, you're eventually gonna be able to follow, follow along with part of one sentence at 80%. 80% is fast, by the way. Uh, still fast <laughs> compared to native speed, 100%. 80% is still decent. Like a native speaker certain who speaks slow relatively on average is could speak at the average 80%. So it's still, it could be someone, some kind of native speed. So it's, it's a lot to hold yourself to. Uh, just keep focusing on the same bit of material as well, the same piece, and that can be boring, but uh, or you can alternate one or two or th maybe three, but just try and uh, just keep repeating the same one and eventually you'll be able to follow along. Um, so just hang in there, be patient and be consistent. Keep doing it every day for a few minutes. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes. It's quite a long time actually, but at least five minutes a day, put some time in it each day and you will see that breakthrough eventually, I think. But again, let me know if you can't. And next we've got Tina Clark on uh, Simple Grammar, phase three. She says, you have obviously put so much care and thought into the layout of this entire course. I'm so excited for phase three, bring it on. Phase three is where you start to read sentences. So it gets really fun at that point. So yeah, I'm, I'm, that was a, a little, that was a few days ago now. So I wonder how you're doing, Tina, let us know. Keep in touch. And Giles on the, or they, in context. So that's when we show you the uh, words that you've learned in context of sentences. And says, I'm scheduled to take the HSK2 exam next month and working with some teachers and I've gotten the feedback that I don't use the three ds correctly. The d, the d, and the d. Yeah, well, they can all be d, right? <laughs> d, d, d. I hear you that real life exposure to grammar through hearing Chinese spoken or reading text is ideal. We're still meeting rarely in person in my town and I'm learning to read as fast as I can. I've read some online articles, but welcome being talked through this. Thanks for considering. Okay, so let's show a few sentences on screen and uh, we'll, I'll just sort of break them down and it, it, it shouldn't be too too tough to understand, hopefully. So look at the three here. De, uh, by far the most common character in the entire language. Um, this de modifies nouns and this de modifies verbs. And the final de, also pronounced di, um, in a different context, is used to modify um, adjectives. And when I say modify adjectives, I mean turning adjectives into adverbs. So I like to think of that as adding ly onto English adjectives. So happy and happily. That's basically what the final de does. Anyway, jumping ahead, aren't I? So let's go back to the first de here. It modifies nouns, and there's two ways that it does this. You, it goes before a noun, which is an object or a person, a thing, uh, and it shows possession, ownership of that noun, or just general modification, just describing it in some way. Think of it as like the apostrophe. So when you say uh, John, then you add an apostrophe s, John's. That's what de is doing in Chinese. So I say war, I, I say war, the, my. Luke, Luca, uh, Luca de is Luke's, so with an apostrophe s. Um, 
and that's the main thing it does there. Another thing that the does is that it modifies nouns. So for example, you could have, if you want to say a greenhouse, you would need to say lu se de fangzi, right? So you can't just say lu se fangzi, right? It's not, it's not, it's very shun, it doesn't sound very good. So you'd say lu se de fangzi. So it's just connecting the descriptor, the adjective to the noun as a way of modifying the noun. Okay, so that's two ways that de is used, two main ways. Uh, and let's move on to the next de. This is, I think, actually really straightforward because it's just one major function when it's this pronunciation. It's used after verbs uh, to describe how that verb verbed. All right, so here's an example sentence. So, sure, it means to speak, right? So if you say someone, oh, he spoke really well, he speaks really well, you would say, ta de okay? Uh, or, uh, he, he runs fast or he ran fast. Simple as that. So whenever you see that, you see, you see, you hear a verb or you see a verb uh, and then it's, it's something describing how that verb verbed, then you would see the, you'd see the de in the middle right there. And then the final one is the de or de. It just turns adjectives into adverbs. So if you want, again, I already mentioned that example, Happy, it turns it into happily. So, kaisin means happy. Or if you, but if you say kaisin de, with that particular de in it, then it means happily. That's it. So, that's it really. Those are the three de's. And uh, it can be a bit intimidating because it's you know, the same pronunciation. And uh, I, I'll tell you, even though now I tell you how, how, how simple the, the second one is, uh, like hashua de and how. I still didn't hear the theory. I didn't hear it explained well. Um, so that I often confused with the most common de, uh, like what de, ni de. Uh, I would never really know when to write that and when to write the other one. <laughs> but now I think about it, it's just the easiest thing once you know the rule. So I hope that helps there, Anne. Uh, let us know if you need anything else cleared up. Next one here is from Ryan Said on Welcome to Phase 2. Uh, Chinese words this is where we start teaching how to learn vocabulary after you start to master uh, the character learning method. He says, I just finished level 13 where we learn mian bao as a compound word. However, because of the video, I've already, I already have a solid association with the meaning of this word ever since I heard Phil call it a, <laughs> a noodle bag in this video. The goofiness of it really helps it to stick to my memory. Yes, it does. Yeah, mnemonics, they work a treat. In general, I have found remembering compound word meanings by individual characters very effective when it's possible. Shoutouts to Luke for showing that Dian, as in movie, is electric shadow in the PM course, and Phil for showing that Lao Shi is old master, and that Lao Po is familiar woman. <laughs> Won't be forgetting the Mandarin words for bread, movie, teacher, and wife anytime soon. Yeah, they like I said, they work. They work so well, and. The sillier, the better, um, and the the more personal to you, the better. That's part of the entire process, is making everything personal to you. So that um, often, if you gave your once you're done with our course, if you gave your flashcards to someone else to use, it would be completely useless because a lot of the images and connections that you've chosen are based on your personal life experience. So, uh, but that's a great thing for you. Uh, not so great if someone wants to cheat off you uh, in class. So next is, uh, so thank you very much, Said. I really appreciate that. Um, keep those comments coming. Next is Bruna on uh, the drawbacks of bad pronunciations. This is from early in the pronunciation mastery course. And uh, she says, what you said about the natives not 
able to help me with my pronunciation is so true. During my Chinese classes back in college, my teacher would ask me to stay after class to help my pronunciation. I remember once she asked me to repeat after her, 喜欢, 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 over and over again. I did it like 50 times and for the life of me, I could not get it right. She eventually gave up and let me go. <laughs> Sad face. Um, yeah, that's the truth. That's the, that's the truth of it. Very rarely do you have tutors, that, uh, native tutors that actually know the ins and outs, where to put your tongue and things like that. I'm not having a go at them. I was the same. I taught English for a while and I didn't really care for it. I just did it, you know, whilst I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. And uh, um, I really have massive respect for the what I call the real English teachers that actually care and they, 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 want, they want people to learn English well and they know how to teach it well. But I certainly wasn't one of those people. And uh, I would often get questions like that. So the why questions used to worry me a lot. <clears throat> you know, well, why, why is it like this? And I basically explain the grammar to me and I, I couldn't explain it. Um, and uh, the pronunciation, don't even get me started. Like how to get, I could never get my friends, my Chinese friends to pronounce bottle. Like that sound, that all sound in English is so hard for Chinese people. It's, Unless someone spent like their childhood in England, it's very difficult, almost impossible, I would say. I've never met a Chinese person that's like native to China that can actually pronounce bottle, bottle, like that L sound. Um, and I, maybe they could if they had the right training, but I certainly don't know how to tell them how to do that. <laughs> so um, yeah, it works both ways. So that's actually it for the comments and emails this week. Next, let's move on to the vocab living link. So I mentioned just now that we actually uh, that's part of phase two, as we teach you how to create mnemonics to learn Chinese compound words, as in words made up of more than one character, very easily, very quickly. Uh, and I'm going to go through some comments that we've got from this week. Uh, usually there are multiple words unlocked in a single lesson, and people usually focus, give their comment based around one. But I'll make sure that I, uh, I try and I'll try my best to just do off the, off the cuff, you know, no preparation to also create some uh, mnemonics for you guys for the remaining words. The first one here is from Ryan again, uh, Ryan Said. He says, uh, this is for 自己, which means self, 自己, um, which is made of the characters self and self. Now for this kind of word, self, self means self. Like there's not really much interesting there for me personally. Like, <clears throat> I, d I don't really connect to the characters in that case because I mean, it's the writings on the wall. It's self and self equals self. It's not really very inspired, right? So there's not really much to connect to that's interesting. So I just, I tend to do actually what Ryan, Ryan's doing here, which is connect to the meaning or connect to the sound if that doesn't work. So the meaning is self. And he says, Narcissus from Greek mythology and narcissism uh, would be a good link to this, right? And I, I absolutely would. Uh, so you'd, you'd search for an interesting version of that, a depiction of that online, like a picture of narcissists looking into the lake story, which everyone knows. And uh, that would be great. That would be, that would work fine. Um, as, it, as for 自己, Z-I-G-I, -I, I mean, it, it doesn't really uh, ring a bell for me on, off the top of my head. If I thought about it for a few minutes, uh, maybe it kind of looks like the spelling of Fiji. Uh, so Mount Fiji or is that yeah Fiji right so I could maybe make some sort of connection there um, if I really wanted to push the boat out but I don't really need to because I think narcissist is actually a good a good one um, so great well done there uh, Ryan 
Next one is Seri Woods on vocabulary lot for dong. So we've got huo dong, which means it could be an activity of some kind or to huo uh, dong, to huo dong uh, to move around a bit. And then zi dong, which means self-movement, which means automatic. That makes sense, doesn't it? And then yun dong, which means exercise. Yun is to transport. So usually it's used when it's used on its own, it means to transport goods. Uh, to yun something from one place to another, usually over a longer distance, um, like post, that sort of thing. So let's see, so what did Seri do her mnemonic for? I used to panic a bit when I got to the vocab unlocked if I couldn't figure out how the words fit grammatically, or if it was hard to remember that the two character combos meant more than one thing. But once I get into vocab in context, it genuinely makes it make sense trust the process yes so you making them making the mnemonics and then that's just like a foundational thing that we're doing and then you see the words in context of sentences that's when you really acquire the words and also you acquire you you, you develop a stronger closer more intimate relationship with the words and see it in different you know you know how to use it in different subtle contexts um, but while we're here, <laughs> I didn't actually realize Sarah wasn't going to make a mnemonic. That's fine. I'll make I'll make some mnemonics while we're here. So um, <clears throat> for Hordong, let's always look at the characters first because that's usually where the most interesting and fun connections come from. Ho means to live and Dong, so it means living movement. Um, and the most common way I know this word Hordong is like, uh, there is a Hordong tomorrow. There's like an an activity, I guess you could say. Um, so like there's a, there's a performance or uh, there's like a, uh, a carnival or a festival, something happening tomorrow. Or it could just be, you know, we have a group that we're meeting and talking about something. Um, <clears throat> so I see a bunch of people like in a festival, like from a distance, like it's like a living movement of people. So my, I might get a picture of um, like one of those kind of, hippie-ish festivals where people like maybe Burning Man or whatever, where people like dancing together um, in some sort of formation in a way. I'm not sure if that actually happens, but that's something that's, that I have in my head. So that's my personal connection. Um, and I think that would work quite well. Uh, or, you know, I also think of whore as an alive. So I think of and a zombie, <laughs> I think of a zombie coming to life. Um, and literally hordonging, he's moving around. Or maybe even I have I can combine those two ideas. That's like a an AA meeting of zombies, you know. Um I'm thinking of Wreck It Ralph then. There is a zombie in like a the 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 bad guy meeting that they have. Okay, so my brain's sort of firing on all cylinders on that one. So there's a few connections there. Zidong kind of writes itself, it's really cool actually, but in a cool way. Um it, it says like self-movement moving itself means automatic um so i would get one of those uh things that lift like a, you get just a door an automatic door self move and then write a note in in the cards there um self movement move a door move, an automatic door moves by itself that that's a good enough connection um uh, but i could make it a funny but i always try and spice it up a little bit if you can um so I think of uh, there's a Simpsons episode. I have a reference that in my brain somewhere, where you know the automatic door 
isn't opening for Bart because he sold his soul. So I might get that particular one. Um, it's nice to be specific and personal whenever you can. And the final one here is Yun Dong. Now this one's pretty simple. It's moving from one place. So I've already mentioned, right? So Yun Dong means exercise, just generally. Well, Yun Dong, Yun Dong. I want to go exercise. And running comes to mind because Yun is like, like as I mentioned, it's like transporting things from one place to another. So I might think of like the, um, what is it like those old fashioned messengers? Uh, like the one that made the, the 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 marathon famous, you know, the Egyptian messenger, apparently, anyway, that's the story, right? He ran 26 miles and then he died, all right? He, like, he ran all the way there to deliver a letter. Uh, I might think of that as quite an, an extreme example. To he, so he's yun something, that's, that's like combining those two ideas of exercise and yunning, right, to transporting an, an item. So test out some of those. I hope that helps out, guys. The next one is Rick Anderland. On vocab unlocked for qing, as in uh, emotion, I guess you could say it's a translation of that word, and qing kuang. Okay, so qing kuang, this is a very interesting one, because I don't personally know, just off the top of my head, I have to explore this a little bit, maybe you could do some baiduing, baidu.cn, this is where I always learn about etymology of words. I'm not sure, because I know kuang means, uh, means situation, and qing, is a, for me, that just is related to emotion. So emotion situation. Let's see what Rick, Rick does with this one first. He says, I don't think you mentioned this in your word mnemonics video. It's, it's cut up throughout the early stage of the phase two, like guiding you on how to create mnemonics. He says, I think you mentioned the, this, you can Google the word and then phrases. Huh. And get a lot of English phrases using that word and then find images for them. In this case, I found situation room, win-win situation, etc., which all relate to this word. That's actually a really good tip. Thank you, Rick. Yeah, like we, I did mention something to do with Googling, like where you, another a cool thing that you can do that I, I believe I mentioned in that video was if you search for say situation in this case, and then you just wait, you press space and Google gives you like, I believe five to 10 like uh, suggestions for what other people have searched for with that word or, you know, so that's similar, but this is actually even better. Um, word and then phrases. So whatever the word is, so situation and then phrases. Um, and he's got a situation room, women situation. Yeah, that works. It's always nice to try and connect to the characters if you can. So do both. So um, do that. Search for the word and then find a phrase association that could be linked to say qing emotion, win-win situation. So I, I think I think of. Uh, uh, I, off the top of my head, right? I, I have this this sense of um, it was like, I believe it was a female like running race, like a really long one, and it was like one of the women. They were like the, the two winners, essentially. Like they were they were neck and neck for a long time. It was terribly difficult, and one of the women just at the last like hundred meters that she fell over and injured her leg. And the other woman, instead of just running and winning, she went back and she picked her up and she took her past the finish line. So they kind of won together in a way. So I see that as a win-win situation. That's my personal sort of connection there. And there's a lot of emotion in that as well, isn't there? So I might try and find an image like that. It doesn't have to be that specific race, but it could be an image of like two women runners, female runners, you know, hugging each other or something like that. So um, that could be really nice, but thanks for that. Uh, Rick and that's the final 
Vocab Unlocked, let's look at some movies that we've got this week. The first one we've got here is from, uh, so the first one we've got here is from Rick Santos on Make a Movie for Tongue. Now, I, I really want to see what Rick does with this because Tongue can be a little bit uh, of, uh, you know, a journey. You know, journey is, is fairly abstract. Um, there's tons of ways you can handle that. So let's see how uh, Rick does it. He says, the CH actor is at the kitchen, the second tone of the ENG set. He is dining with the king. That's one. There's three components. We have the king. We have a farmer or something to do with uh, wheat, which is the uh, left side component. And of course, mouth. So the king only wants his share of the food, but is clueless of the journey which the farmer goes through from knowing and preparation of the land, planting seeds, harvesting and marketing until food reaches mouth of the people. The king was very impressed with how the farmer detailed all the processes involved. Yes, that now we're getting to the meat of this story where he's actually showing a process. So that after that, the king officially declared that farming is truly an engineering gongcheng program by itself. Chung. Not bad, not bad, Rick. Um, the mouth here seems to be uh, written in an abstract way. I, I imagine that you have physical mouth. We need a physical object, right? So I imagine you have that in there somewhere. Um, the process of farm to table is rather elaborate as well. I would just have a farmer showing um, showing a seed and the seed develops or like you know you know what you say you see like the seed the seedling the sapling whatever and it grows into the vegetable and then he gives it to the king and he, he's explaining this process so it's, it's all here the only reason why i say that's just one example of what you could do but i'm just i'm just showing that because it's here in front of you and you are the camera right rather than having to imagine you know digging stuff up shipping it processing it in a factory these are all very elaborate visual things to process and uh, I would keep it simple and just small. So like you see, you know, he shows that process of the growing, the king is like enraptured by his explanation. Um, and I think that would, uh, and then he puts it in someone's mouth or whatever. So I think that would work really well, but thanks for that. And Rick, I'd like more people to try and do this if you can. Uh, Rick likes to use actual words um, that the character is in, like compound words in the story, which I think is quite a cool little touch. Uh, so thanks for that, uh, Rick. Next is John Nomura, make a movie for Rao, which means disturb. Um, and he says, in the living room of my AO set, Robert De Niro has a Rao, uh, rhymes with cow. <laughs> thanks for uh, you know confirming that because a lot of people's in language, first language is not English and they might be thrown off by that. Has a Rao with his Frankenbull. <laughs> Frankenbull is the Yo uh, component on the right, which is disturbing his neighbor, uh, disturbing his neighbors. So he points his finger and says, Ting wu da rao. Do not disturb. Ting wu da rao. Um, I guess it's a big finger, stands out from the other fingers. That's, that's important. And it's a simple scene and it works very well. And I, again, what John's done, maybe he got inspired by Rick, I don't know, but he's, he's put in a rather common, very formal, but still very common phrase, Ting. Wu da rao. So ting means please. Wu means the very formal written form of don't, bie, bu yao. And of course, da rao means to disturb is the full word for that. So you'll see that often in uh, on signs, do not disturb signs in hotels or uh, what have you. So thank you for that, John. Uh, very clear. I like that very, very much. The next one is Christopher Weeks uh, on 
make a movie for shi, uh, which means to display. And he says, Sean Connery is in the bathroom of my childhood home. He is displaying an episode of Pingu. <laughs> Pingu, I haven't seen that in a long time. Trying to use chopsticks. So we've got the two components now. Using a projector on the bathroom wall. Yes, yes, uh, that, uh, that works well. I would like some body language as well. Maybe you already did that. I don't like to assume that you don't, of course, but uh, just add a little detail in there. You know, Sean Connery is, um, in fact, we don't even need a projector. We don't need a projector. We need an extra, maybe another Sean Connery is like a clone or um, someone related to that, uh, your child at home, maybe your mother, father, auntie, whatever. They're there and they're watching Pingu and Sean Connery is giving them a show. He's showing them and that's all he needs. He's just like, you know, maybe he's dressed up in like a, a showman's outfit and he's uh, showing his little pet Pingu use chopsticks and, and they find it adorable. That's all you need. You know, that, that show, that's displaying quite clearly. Um, but of course, if you want to use a projector or even like one of those uh, exhibition uh, pillars, you know, where you put a piece of art on it, that's what I, that's great too. Bring in those extra props as long as they're related to the keyword. It's absolutely fine. So well done, Christopher. Next is uh, Benjamin Reese. Make a movie for the. So this is a very cool character. It's a tough one as well because it's got it's one of the very rare situations where we have more than three components or props to be used in a scene. So he says, Danny Dyer brings a big net full of hearts into the kitchen of my e-location, then leaves. So there's a net and there's the heart taken care of. And Bruce Lee <laughs> springs, oh, that's the right, left side component, so that's three, that's great. Uh, springs from a hiding place and cuts open the net with a razor, that's four. And then gives each heart an adrenaline shot with a syringe, and that's five. And they make their escape, bouncing away a virtuous deed. That's fantastic. Um, but I would only personally stick to one heart because <laughs> it's already busy enough as it is, and you only need one heart to give away that that heart prop uh, to to make that heart prop work. Okay, so that's the only change I would make. I think you've taken care of that very you know, five props in one count. I believe it's five, right? Um, apologize, apologize if I've missed one there, but uh, that is impressive. You know, you've done that in a very short, quick uh, manner. Uh, so yeah, give yourself a pat on the back for that, Benjamin. I'm sure other people will get some inspiration from that too. Thank you very much, everyone who uh, commented. And of course, thank you very much for everyone who donated to the GoFundMe. Uh, it's it's going to be there for a while. We're not going to keep going on about it and keep pushing you all the time to do it because it's, it's just a thing in the background. You know, it's just a thing. If you want to do it, then do it. If, you, if not, then no worries. We're still fine, you know. Um, uh, but yeah, thank you very much again. Any questions as usual, uh, get in touch at contact at mandarinmovement.com. If you've watched this podcast or listened to this podcast or other podcasts that we've done and you haven't at least tried our course, you really need to do that. Uh, it's a 30-day free trial at the moment and uh, you get access to the first 400 video lessons for free for 30 days. So it's well worth a try. All right, guys. Thanks very much. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.